It's a new week and therefore the federal government has devised new ways to make your life more difficult. We have long wait times for houses, hospitals, doctors. And if Justin Trudeau has it his way, soon you'll be waiting years for a gas-powered vehicle that won't even be able to drive to your house. Why? Because the federal government is importing people into this country at the rate of millions, and yet they don't see why new roads might be necessary to deal with all these people. At least we can hope things might be different in Alberta, where Environment Minister Stephen Guibault's latest bid to stop road construction has once again put him in Danielle Smith's crosshairs. I'm Rachel Emanuel, and this is the Alberta Roundup. Taking a look at our first story here, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith is warning Federal Environment Minister Stephen Guibault that he already lost after Guibault says he doesn't want municipalities building new roads. On Monday, Guibault announced that the federal government would no longer be providing municipalities funding to build new roads because it encourages people to use cards. He said that municipalities should instead be focused on fighting climate change. Adding, quote, of course, we will continue to be there for cities, provinces, and territories to maintain the existing network, but there will be no more envelopes from the federal government to enlarge the road network. Premier Smith responded by saying that Stephen Guibault is losing credibility every single day. Take a listen. Stephen Guibault needs to understand that he lost. He put together a bill that was found to be unconstitutional. It's illegal. And the court told them they had to rewrite it. And part of the reason it was unconstitutional and illegal is because they did silly things like uh, 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 come into our jurisdiction and tell us what projects we, we could and could not build, including there was a line in there that any road that was longer than 75 kilometers needed federal, federal approval. Well, the Supreme Court has found that to be unconstitutional and illegal. So I, I don't take much stock in Guibault uh, trying to assert that he has authority in areas that he does not. The controversy also caused Ontario Premier Doug Ford to weigh in, saying that he was, quote, gobsmacked by the announcement. In a statement on X, Ford wrote, quote, a federal minister said they won't invest in new roads or highways. He doesn't care that you're stuck in a bumper-to-bumper traffic. I do. We're building roads and highways, with or without assent from the feds. And in a new promise that I know you guys will all be very excited to hear about, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith has also promised to stop using electronic tabulators in provincial votes. I exclusively covered the story for True North earlier this week, and I also have the video. I haven't shared it with anyone yet. I thought I would share it with you guys first. Here is the Premier at a UCP fundraiser in Bonneville last month. And they use strictly paper ballots. There's a lot of people uh, that don't trust tabulators and don't trust voting machines at all. Are you going to end the use of uh, voting tabulators across the province? Yes. The Premier's base has long called for more election transparency and decried the use of electronics in the ballot counting process, believing that electronics increase the potential for vote tampering. As part of elections Vote Anywhere service, electors could show up at any riding across the province and receive a ballot for their home riding. Electors would fill out their ballot, insert it into a tabulator, which would then count their vote and spit out a printed form with the results for each riding on election day. And as you guys likely remember, votes were delayed hours on election night. 
Lection Alberta later told me that the tabulators didn't malfunction, but rather those forms they printed with the result for each riding had to be manually entered into a computer and that process took hours. Moving into our next story here, I know that you are all deeply invested in the outcome of the Alberta NDP leadership race. And this week, Janice Irwin announced that she would not seek the nomination. In a lengthy post to X, Irwin said that she had given the decision a lot of thought, adding, quote, what I hate most is that I feel like I'm letting some of you down. I hope you'll understand that now is not the time for me. My focus will continue to be on being the best darn MLA I can be for the people of Edmonton, Highlands, Norwood. Meanwhile, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith was asked to comment on some of the NDP candidates saying that if elected, they would scrap the carbon tax. Here's what she had to say about it. Well, they're sounding a lot like UCP supporters. So, you know, we welcome anyone who wants to uh, 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 join us in trying to eliminate the, the consumer carbon tax. We asked we ask the NDP to, to join us in that in the in uh, the last session and, and they refused to. So I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, they've now realized that it's a it's a, a it's a losing proposition. I, I should point out it was the NDP who brought in a carbon tax in the province without uh, running on it. And uh, to, to sort of see the, the flip-flop there, I, I find it amusing. Taking a look at our controversy of the week, Calgarians hoping to kick out Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek with recall legislation say it's so poorly worded that it makes their quest nearly impossible. Amendments made in 2022 to the Municipal Government Act allow for the recall of municipal officials. But the city says over 514,000 signatures are needed to recall Gondek. That's 40% of the city's population. Christy Kohler, executive director of the Citizens Advocacy Group Common Sense Calgary, said that while half a million signatures are needed to recall Gondek, only 390,000 votes were cast for all mayoral candidates in the 2021 municipal election. She added, quote, the requirement to collect signatures from a minimum 40% of the population is insurmountable. Add in the requirements for paper signatures, witnesses, and the short time limit of 60 days, and the odds are stacked against the petitioner. I spoke to petitioner Landon Johnston earlier this week, and he agrees the criteria is ridiculous. He also said that the 40% of the population includes children, and yet you have to be over 18 to sign the petition. But that's not going to stop Johnston. Here's a little clip of our interview earlier this week. I'm a very spiteful person. <laughs> so, and I'm bad at math and I'm very passionate. So I think those three things just tell you that I'm going to do it anyways. And I'm going to do everything I can. Because um, like I said, I'm, I'm starting to have fun. Alberta Municipal Affairs Minister Rick McIver said the province is reviewing recall legislation after hearing back from stakeholders and online surveys. He also said the bar to remove an elected official is high, as it should be. And here's Mayor Gondek's response to the recall effort. It came as a surprise and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be human if I didn't say, you know, it stings a little bit. Later in that same press conference, Gondek utilized an interesting tactic when she appears to try to scare those hoping to sign the petition by saying their information won't be kept private. Take a listen. Now you've got a recall opportunity where people will be disclosing their personal information to an individual, and I'm not really sure how confidentially that will be kept or what will happen with that information. And finally, taking a look at what we're watching in the weeks to come, an Alberta law firm is putting the Alberta government on notice 
with hopes to file a class action lawsuit representing the businesses that were affected by COVID-19 closures. The proposed suit filed by Rath and company follows the recent Ingram decision, where the Calgary Corps of King's Bench declared several of Alberta's public health orders to be unlawfully enacted. That decision laid the groundwork for potential financial redress for impacted businesses. The proposed class action lawsuit targets financial losses for businesses in Alberta that were either fully or partially restricted due to the public health orders during the pandemic. Lead counsel Jeffrey Rath talked about the suit on Bridge City News. Take a listen. Yeah, that's right. The way class action law works in Alberta is everybody who would be entitled to join the class or be part of the class is deemed to be in the lawsuit unless they directly contact our office and uh, declare that they want to be out of the lawsuit. So as of now, we have the honor of representing every Albertan and Alberta business that lost money as a result of uh, being shut down by the Dina Hinshaw COVID orders, which we all know now are completely illegal. For a class action lawsuit to move forward, a court certification is required, and that process can take a few years. A judge must determine that it is the appropriate legal avenue for a case and determine that the plaintiffs are generally representative of a broader group. And finally, moving into our weekly comment roundup and taking a look at some of the comments underneath last week's Saturday's episode. You guys will definitely want to go take a listen to that one if you haven't yet. Taking a look at our first comment here, I'm just going to round on some of the numbers. Correction, Mayor Gondek only received 174,000 votes in the election. The total votes cast for the mayor were over 386,000, so I cannot see how a recall vote would require 32% more votes than the total that were cast for all the mayoral candidates in Calgary. This recall legislation is a joke. There's a lot of confusion around this recall legislation because no one understands why more votes are needed to rescind Mayor Gondek's mayoralship than were even cast for mayoral candidates in the first place. So I can understand your confusion here. Everyone I've talked to thinks this recall legislation needs to be amended because it's very unfair and almost impossible to complete as it currently stands. User comment creator said, just to be clear, Smith took all the risk here, and when it panned out, Pierre Polyev decided to latch on. Danielle is a real one. That comment was in response to last week's episode where I covered Pierre Polyev's defense of Premier Danielle Smith and her policies on transgenderism and parental rights. I do agree that Pierre Polyev is sort of jumping on the bandwagon here. I think he's done that a couple times to great success and effect. He sort of did that with the Freedom Convoy. He didn't come out initially, but he came out in defense of it later and People often forget that he wasn't quick to jump on the Freedom Convoy bandwagon until it became safe to do so. That being said, I just have such low expectations for politicians. I don't really expect them to do the right thing anymore. I think the actual proper response is for all of us to be so loud and so demanding with societal change that it becomes not only advantageous, but it becomes so that politicians actually have to do what we want them to do and have to make the changes that we ask them to make or they know they won't be able to stay in office. So it's true, it'd be nice to have more politicians like Danielle Smith who take strong stances on such controversial topics like transgenderism, but I think it's our job to make it impossible for them to do anything but that. Okay, everyone, that's all I have time for today. Please like this video and please subscribe to True North. As always, if you're able, you can support our work over at donate.tnc.news. I hope that you guys have a great weekend. I'll see you guys later next week and God bless.